Left. Right. Yo, this is episode 97 of Sip Talk coming at you from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Enjoy this episode about religion, one we've held off on for a long time. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 So, we are live. James, this is episode 97. So Getting there. What are we, we going to do for 100? You say we celebrate with a drink. What do you think? Um, I don't know. It doesn't sound like our style. <laughs> Cheers to that. My name is Justin DiGiulio. I am live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, James, the Bosnator Boswell, joining from Charleston, South Carolina. James, uh, now that we're live, share with, uh, with us what you're drinking. I'm sticking with the Bush Ice, but I've also got a what I call a double whiskey sour, and it's going to be I got some scotch, I got some bourbon, some lemon juice, and I use maple syrup to sweeten it all up. And then I put a little bit of soda water in it, too. Nice. Just to open it up a little bit. Yep. Um, I've got a Yingling. I think is, uh, is that America's oldest brewery? That's what they say. That's on the bottom. Um, And uh, I'm relaxed. I'm out here in my sister's backyard. There's a little pool about nine inches behind my chair so don't let me get up too fast probably literally once we wrap this episode of the podcast i'm just going to stand up and right in, the, right in the shallow end over here um so we're talking about religion today which i think is a pretty interesting topic because people can't have talks about religion and i think that's really what i want to get to the bottom of with this conversation about religion is the fact that you can't have a conversation with anybody who disagrees with you it's just end of conversation so we have a lot of problems in the world because of religion, a lot of disagreements, a lot of family disagreements. Uh, a lot of people can't get married because of religion. Uh, you know, I have seen religion cause a lot of issues in my lifetime. And I would say, you know, on the overall scale, um, I haven't seen many positives. So, and I'm, I'm not discounting that there are not positives in religion because I think both you and I can acknowledge probably a long checklist of positives that come from religion. But I want to have a real discussion. I know you're not religious. I'm not religious. Uh, yet I grew up in a more religious household than you did. Uh, I just want to have a conversation about that. You, uh, you got some, some data you're ready to share? Uh, no data yet, um, but I think so. W- to to your first point about people not talking about religion, uh, that's kind of me. Where whenever anybody brings up religion to me, I don't want to have that conversation because, like, I'm not religious at all. And when people say, "Oh, so you must be atheist or agnostic," I say, "No, draw a circle with religion, and then draw another circle, and that's me. Like, it doesn't touch at all." And Like atheism and agnosticism are religions in some respect where you say, I have beliefs. As an atheist, you say there is no God. Or as an agnostic, you say, I don't know what to believe, but I do believe. I I believe that there's something there, but I don't know what it is. 
for me, I say all those discussions are just outside my realm of interest, um, largely because I look at religion as something that it, it can't be tested. It's I nothing can be proved with religion. And so I look at any kind of statement that cannot be proven as not worthy of debate because there's no way for anyone to be right. Well, that's a very good point. And we have a comment on TikTok from a Gen X girl that says people don't know how to respectfully disagree. Um, True. But again, what they're agreeing on, what you just said, is that uh, there's no there's no test to this. You know, nobody, nobody is going to be right at the end of the day. Um, I just think that we can draw certain conclusions as rational people, as long as we're having a rational conversation. It doesn't bode well for religion. Um, <laughs> got a, a comment here about the train. I didn't, I didn't realize that I haven't seen a train the entire time I've been down here, but apparently there's some type of train somewhere nearby. My biggest fear out here, for those of you who are just tuning in, I'm in Florida visiting with my sister. Uh, I'm just afraid of like some giant spiders or some fucking scorpions or something uh, just crawling up underneath my feet because I'm kind of sitting here in the dark um, by the pool. A cat just ran by like 40 seconds ago. She doesn't have a cat and we're in her fenced in backyard. So who knows what gets in here? Cat's hunting something. Um, now... Oh, man, that train. So I'd like that you don't really, you haven't really chosen a belief system on religion, except that it's something you're not really interested in. Um, but I think this kind of traditional, I don't know anybody that, that I know of that goes to church on a regular basis like I did when I was a kid. Do you know anybody like that religiously goes to goes to church like every Sunday <laughs> those cardboard boxes are religiously stacked up in your room I'm, I'm I'm getting rid of one per week I was I had four like the top one is empty the one below that is all posters and then oh, no. there's two boxes down there I had like five and I'm down to like two and a half not so. the posters that, that one you're saving to light on fire right for that bonfire in the backyard no I'm deciding what I want to do with the posters I don't know if I like the bare walls we, we like the bare walls. We like the bare walls. Um, all right. Let me, let me get back into, uh, into the religious mindset, though. Um, well, don't you have some people in your office that are not Christian, but you, I think you've got at least one guy in your office that's pretty devoutly Muslim. I have. Oh, I, the one thing I love about my office, the one thing I love about New York City is I've just, you have this ability to, not in, you get like an intimate look at people's lives because we spend so much time around each other and New York city is cool because people come from all over the place. And I think that's one of the biggest things about religion is that like people are just so faith-based blindly faith-based in their own community. And then when you step out of it and you realize that somebody else is blindly faith-based in their community and they have faith in something that you don't, it, it should make you question it really should make you question what am I believing in faithfully with no evidence because they believe in something that's completely contradictory or to a degree contradictory to what I believe in the same way I believe in what I believe in faith, you know, faithfully. So without evidence based or 
to the degree of evidence that I have, and they believe something something completely different. Um, because we believe in different gods, you know, people have, have a lot of different gods. Um, but that's, you know, that's something that I realized leaving upstate New York in the suburban area that we grew up in and then moving to South Carolina for a couple of years and then moving to New York city, you just, you get to see people who are culturally, culturally different and major different religious beliefs. Um, and that's just along the East coast of the United States, you know, and the United States is small compared to a lot of the other countries, uh, and, you know, continents across the world that, that are complete, have completely different religious beliefs. So I don't know. I just, I think moving gives, gives you some perspective on other people's religions, which then should give you perspective on your own religion. Yeah. Real quick. Let's check. Let's check the comments see if rosh has anything for us any see what people are saying about this because like when people try and start a conversation with religion with me what i tell them is like i look at religion as something that's deeply personal and isn't really something that needs to be shared i look at talking about religion in much the same way that like when someone starts talking about like in detail the things that they were doing their, with their significant other in bed the night before. I'm like, it's great. You do whatever you want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody. I don't want to hear about it. But, like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but, but in order for religion to perpetuate, th there needs to be people talking about it. There needs to be people indoctrinating people into that religion. Um, and people need to, someone just said in the, in TikTok, it's within yourself. There's no need to go to church as long as you believe, believe in what though? Because if there is no church and there might be a church, but when enough generations of people don't go to it, there's no more church. And, and that's one of the biggest eye openers to me growing up in the Catholic church and, and, and then witnessing other churches, their demand for money, the fact that everything is gold plated, um, and that they're telling you you have to give them a certain amount of your money, and that 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 is baked into the religion, and kind of reli religion, almost this virus esque uh, ability to to self perpetuate and self generate. The religion telling people that they can't use contraceptives, which is now being more and more allowed. Religion is telling people they have to shun the people that leave the religion. You know, like Let me that. ask you this question. Yeah. Should donations to church or whatever religion, should those be tax deductible as a charitable donation like they are right now? Well, do you think that's correct? Do you think that's right? Well, I know what the law says, but do you think it should be that way? Well, a couple of things. It depends on what the church is doing with the money, but it also looks at other charitable donations charitable donations are tax deductible so if you're donating to like uh, aids research or a homeless shelter or or other kind of non-profits um that should be tax deductible now a church again and this is where it gets murky because i think what you're goading me into is what good is a church doing other than self-perpetuating and and building itself and retaining money to pay off lawsuits. Um, I mean, I, I think all 
charitable donations as long as the charity qualifies now you know now we're getting a bit deeper but if the charity qualifies um under whatever guidelines it needs to 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 be a charity then it should be tax deductible okay next question should should the money that churches that religious organizations earn or whatever should they have to pay tax on it so here's here's something that i think is really this is on a similar note i, I don't know if this will answer your question correctly but i look at these giant buildings in new york city and i'm pretty sure they don't have to pay taxes or like property tax like i'm sh i'm pretty sure they don't have to pay certain taxes as a church and uh, you know to me that's just that's just wild that arbitrarily one religion would have to you know in order to get set up would have to pay a tax and the other one can continue to exist but i don't know the i don't know the different laws about religion i just know that if you're not christian or jewish it's probably very difficult for you in new york city or the rest of the united states uh, uh, you know it's it's uh so should they have to pay taxes really being the root of your question? I think it would make sense for them to be paying a tax on their profit, just like any business. So I think to a large degree, a church is a lot like a business. And why, and, and I mean, just when you break, I, some people may disagree with my answer, but then, then the next question is which religious institutions should have to pay taxes and which shouldn't. Well, it has to be all or none. Well, but then anybody can create a religion and create a church. No, uh, that's what some people do. And that's where religion gets even more questionable. That's kind of how Scientology started. <laughs> what's what's the history of Scientology? Well, it, I think there's a quote by the guy who founded it, L. Ron Hubbard. Um, he made a bet with somebody in a bar as to whether he could make more money selling his books because he was a science fiction writer mm -hmm. whether he could make more money selling books and being an author or founding a religion and he made the bet that he'd be able to make more money founding a religion uh, and he was right do i mean do we know that's quoted or did somebody just say that because that's just for the record that's kind of how religion works well let's answer lisa's question do either of you feel you become more or less religious as you've gotten older for me, I've stayed the exact same. I grew up in a household where my mother was Jewish and my father was Catholic, and neither of them were religious people. Neither of them really bought into the religion that they were brought up in. And so the offer that they made to me was, if you have interest in religion, if you want to go to a church or a synagogue or wherever, we'll drive you there and we'll pick you up afterwards. I, I and mean, if you have friends that go to one, you can go to that as well. Um, and so I was just like, I'm going to sleep in on a Sunday. And uh well, you it, and I had religion never took you and I had much different religious uh, experiences because I grew up uh, first communion and then uh, I don't know what's after the well, baptism, first communion. And then you, I was confirmation very confirmation or something confirmation. I think that's like when you're 16, but I feel like some other stuff has to happen in between. But for the most part, my family went to church every single Sunday, every holiday. Um, I, uh, started helping my mother teaching religious education. And then I started being an altar boy type altar server, never molested 
never had any of those issues. I love how whenever you say altar boy, you have to immediately uh, follow it up. Oh, yeah, but that happened. I think I think the funny thing is I never saw anything weird that happened. I guess we got lucky. Um, but I think that it's a, a very common thing, which is which is wild. Um, and when you say that, people just automatically assume that shit like that happened. Um, but uh, I uh, was an altar boy, and then I ended up teaching religious education on my own. I ended up working in the church and just doing kind of general maintenance and groundskeeping and cleaning. Um, and you know, I was just super involved. My aunt is Jehovah's Witness. She used to come over once a week and read through Bible stories with us. And I think there, this is kind of where I have kind of pro feelings on religion. I think there's some really good lessons to be learned uh, and really good moral and ethical lessons. But I only have so much faith in the actual stories and the legitimacy to them. These are super old stories. They've been translated. They've been told for many, many, many years. Um, and they're just not very believable. And I feel like there's something that you could do today and tell somebody it was magic. And 30 years from now or 300 years from now or 3,000 years from now, we, you know, looking back at it, you can say, oh, I know exactly how they did it. Uh, but I feel like there's just kind of so much in the past reasons why things could be explained as miracles and as sacred um, because we couldn't explain them at the time. Well, so let me let me touch on that, because I think religion offers to to people an explanation for things that they can't explain. When you've got questions about what's the purpose of life, where did we come from, where are we going, what's the history of the universe, how did all of those kinds of questions, those are pretty deep and existential questions that are also really hard to answer and especially hard to answer correctly. And science can't really answer a lot of those for you because either we don't know or the question itself is impossible to know. Like what's the purpose of life? What's your purpose on the planet? Science can't answer that for you because it's not a scientific question. And what, like, where did we come from and how did the universe come to be? Well, science can only get so far there. And so for, for people that have this kind of existential dread about those kinds of questions, religion offers a really handy out because now you've just got a simple explanation, whatever the religion says, but it, like it's God created this and God says your purpose is to do this. So you don't have to think you can just follow the rules of the religion and your questions are answered for you. Well, look, think about it like this. And I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who I first heard this from, but you have religion throughout history as this ever receding explanation for things that we do not yet know. So it's, it's basically when we don't know something, we point to it and say, well, that's miracle or that's God. You know, we can't explain it. My issue, my biggest issue, and then it's ever receding because the more we find out, like the clouds aren't the heavens, the stars aren't the gods, the sun isn't a god, lightning isn't a god. We're learning more, and these are very simple examples, but there's a lot, a lot more to that. Um, my biggest issue with religion is that rather than dig deeper, religion asks you to stop and say, have faith, it's just God. 
It's kind of, you know, it's like the evolution versus creationalism. Right. And the definition of faith is basically believing something without proof or the promise of proof. Nor questioning it. Right. Having good faith or solid faith is that you don't question it. And that's really, for me, that's probably the biggest hang up is someone asking me to just believe in something with no proof or promise thereof. It's a very convenient premise for a religion. Yeah, that's what... (laughs) You know, like, that's like in a relationship, like, you know, you're cheating on me, you know, if you question the fact that I'm cheating on you. Like, just for you to question it or, like, do some digging, zooming through my phone is, is cheating on me. Like, that's... You just need to let me do my own thing. Um it's you know, kind of like pulling the wool over people's eyes. Um, you well, know, it's and- easy to get people to just behave in ways that you want when they're not allowed to question your rules. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I got a, some good feedback. Bring female perspective in your SIP talks. We will send me a DM. We'll, we'll bring you on. Um, but a lot of people are saying they've lost faith. And that's why we're having these talks about the future. I'm calling them futurist conversations. And I think religion is really a really big one because church attendance is at an all time low. Um, And I think that says, you know, it's less than 50%, which I thought was very high actually, because I, I look at every single person I know. And if I had to say half of them go to church on a regular basis, I think that would be an incredibly high overestimate. Sure. Remember where you are. I'm in New York city. I have, I have, we have an intern. He's a great guy. I don't know much about his religion, but I know every day at three o'clock or so he kneels down on the floor and prays. And I don't think anything of it. I think, you know, that's a really good, good thing for him. But, and I had another guy, he used to excuse himself on Fridays to go to the mosque. Yeah. I don't really question that stuff, but we're talking like one out of a, one or two out of a couple hundred people that work for my company and and religion isn't something we even consider on a resume uh, no but what i'm saying is that like in new york city i'd say that new york city overall is less religious than the country as a whole but, and if you go to certain communities uh, like so charleston is probably less religious than the state of south carolina as a whole and it's still like I, a lot like my coworkers will talk about going to church and stuff like that pretty frequently. And, Mm, but is that, is that more of like a traditional, like a, just something they're used to doing that's going to wear off as it becomes more and more? No, most of the people in my office, well, we've, our office is kind of split into two. We've got, a whole bunch of people that are middle-aged that I would say like 45 to 55 years old, like 40 to 55. And then we have a whole bunch of people that are much younger, like I'd say 23 to 28. So it's like, we've got younger people that are new hires and stuff like that. And then we've got older people that have been doing it for a long time. Now the, the younger people tend not to talk about religion or express much about religion at all. And it's the older people in the office that talk about it, but I remember at the end of my internship, um, like two, two and a half years ago, when I was taking a break from the office while they waited to rehire me, um, my boss at, like says, like, I don't know if you're a religious person or whatever, but like, like, you just have to think like 
everything's got a purpose and you'll be fine. Like you just have to trust. It's like, I'm not religious. That does nothing for me. Well, but like, I'm I, like, I'm so open to entertaining the we're in a simulation conversation, which is just kind of this cyclic conversation and it doesn't really go anywhere ever, but I'm open to entertaining that conversation about as much as I am religion um, because it's impossible to prove. Yeah. Well, there's actually a philosophical paper about um, the, the, the question is like the brain and the vat argument of how do you prove that we're not all just a brain and a vat somewhere being stimulated to believe that we are experiencing what we are right now? Because what would the difference be? But then you have this higher power type argument and there wouldn't be much of a difference. I, I can't imagine... If you send the right electrical impulses, if you're sufficiently in control enough to know exactly what the brain is doing, then you could simulate a brain to think that it's experiencing everything that I'm experiencing, you're experiencing, or whoever else is listening to us right now. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And that's, that's, that's kind of the cool thing about the argument about simulation theory. Um, But then you, you, the, the greater point is that there is this higher power. There is this matrix level one up from us. That's religion. That's a lot of what religion is explaining, which to me, I think these religions are founded thousands of years ago. My thinking is that to some degree, they're onto something. I I think a lot of it is like them just being really cloudy in their own way of trying to figure it out, like making up bullshit rules and things that don't make sense because they're trying to explain things they don't understand. But... um, but I think they're on to something with that. Everything has an order. We need to figure things out. We need to control civilization so that people aren't killing and eating each other. Yet in the name of our way of control, we're going to kill and eat the other people. Well, uh, I, I can't say I agree. Um, one theory that I heard that I actually think has a lot, that makes a lot of sense is that religion was a way early in civilization to be able to establish order and be able to get society to obey rules that were beneficial to society as a whole. And so like when you read things like Leviticus, which has kind of all the rules that you have to follow of do this, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you read those, take into context. Um, well, for uh, let me let me pause. Let's let's right, hit well, some right. comments real quick. Yeah, go for, go for it. Um, so Carol says I that she uh, doesn't believe that people in New York are less religious, religious. It's just that there's more of a variety there. Well, I, think I can't can... comment on it as well as you can. Well, you so. have, have very dense areas that are very densely religious, especially, especially with the Jewish community um, where you go to these areas and you have the Hasidic Jewish population and no one else. And it's very easy. It's very easy to, to spot that because they dress in this conservative type way. And everyone is dressed exactly the same, which is a tenant in their religion. Um, but then you have a lot of a lot of people who are young and woke and uh, exposed to a lot of different religions, and they simply haven't chosen a religion, nor do you have to choose a religion. Um, and their parents aren't that religious either. So, or maybe you know, because you have so many different cultures in New York, the parents have opposing views. Try growing up in a house where people believe two opposite things. You know, you look at you look at a, a plate and one parent says this plate's orange. The other parent says this plate's blue. 
And you're just like, oh, shit, that's interesting. I, I guess I'm not going to have an opinion on this particular plate. But, you know, and you just kind of hands off the whole, whole ordeal. Um, in regards to the other comments, Debbie saying she's Catholic, but she lost faith when she got older. Very similar to me. Um, Lisa saying uh, it's interesting, a great point, referring to re that religion asks you to believe in something with no proof. I think that's uh, kind of like the core aspect of religion, really. Yeah, and and you know we'd love we'd love to address some of your guys' questions on religion, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, uh, let me continue with my thought about like so. If you look at the Bible and you look at Leviticus, yeah. take into context when the Bible was written and where it was written. So it was in basically the Middle East. It was written by kind of a desert-faring people. Like you're looking at Jerusalem area where like you've got the Dead Sea and then you've got desert, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So like one of the rules in Leviticus is not to eat shellfish. Well, if we take away the religion aspect and just analyze it, well, they probably it's probably because people saw people that ate shellfish and they got really, really sick from it. And so we're like, look, we should just make a rule about not doing this because it makes people sick and you could die from it because like who wants to eat shellfish from the Dead Sea in the middle of a desert? Like either the shellfish came from far away and they've gotten rotten or like they're coming from like the Dead Sea. And then other ones like like um, not fornicating with someone who's related to you. And it's like, well, we saw Bob and Sally, the, their brother and sister, and uh, they did that. And we uh, we saw what their kids turned out like. And uh, yeah, we're just going to make a rule against that. Uh, but I think I think that and that's why these are really, really good points. Um, but it's just it's. I mean, do you have any so more? So if you read through all, I don't, off the top of my head, those are the two that really stick out. But if you read through most or all of the rules in Leviticus, you can look at them as basically tips for surviving in a desert society of just health and well-being. Because, and just saying, you know what, That's that would have made a lot of sense 2,000 years ago about the hygiene rules, the diet rules, the the types of things that you should and shouldn't do socially. Those are just ways to keep society cohesive. Same thing with like, don't covet thy neighbor's wife. Don't steal. Don't kill. Um, yeah, exactly. Those I'm, are really I'm, just societal I'm, rules that we're, we're codifying into a religion. And so you can kind of separate those out and say, okay, so what are some good ideas to just make society work? Okay. Do we need to have a justification for it beyond, Hey, these lead to good results. Well, apparently, yes. You need you. People can't. You ever heard of the Mister Kim theory? A lot of salespeople use it. How the decision is never up to you. So if mm -hmm. if I'm engaged with a client and they're like, "What's the best you can do?" Rather than me say forty five hundred, that's my lowest. And they're going to say, "Well, can you do four thousand? What I have to do is I have a Mister Kim, and I say, "You know what? Let me let me go ask Mister Kim," and then I go to the room, separate room where Mister Kim is. And, and Mr. Kim never comes onto the stage, All right? Mr. Kim is always kind of the Wizard of Oz type character who's off in the shadows. And, and you always have this third party. So I wonder if religion, you know, is, is using that aspect of psychology to sell their, you know, don't trust me, Moses. I got these Ten Commandments from a higher power. There was a burning bush. Yeah. To answer the comments, Justin is currently in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I'm I'm in uh yeah, my backyard doesn't look like this. There's a nice uh 
a nice pool back here, which I'm about to fall into. I'm just doing my best to get the lighting. Um, and uh, I'm visiting uh, visiting my sister. We need a regular reminder uh, as to why the family all lives in different cities. So this is that reminder. Oh. Now, we, so far, it's been really nice. We went out for a little uh, dinner in Pompano Beach, which, from what I gathered... Uh, obviously, we went a little early so we could get back in time for the podcast. But from what I gathered, very old community. And we waited probably 10 minutes for the waitress, for the bartender to address us at the bar. And then she's like, can, what can I get you guys? And we're like, how about some menus? She came back more than 10 minutes later with the menus. And then she asked us when she gave us the menus, well, do you know what you'd like? And I was thinking like, you motherfucker, we've been here for 20 minutes. And you're asking us what we'd like, and we just ask you to bring us menus. Um, it was it must it, have been new. It it was it was just really bad quality service. Uh, there must have been thirty tables that were empty. They told us it was an hour long wait. Um, which I mean, it was just a why. I've never. I, I was waiting at the bar. Everybody got seated before me. I was still waiting on the drinks from the from the actual bar that we were waiting at which was like 45 minutes just to get four drinks, which she only ever brought three. Um, but I was just thinking if this was New York city, man, that somebody would have burned this place down. I looked at it, it had four and a half stars on, on Yelp. And it was a, it's a nice place. Don't get me wrong. Food was good. The service people were very friendly, but the wait time, it's something going from New York city to anywhere else because we just have such short attention span, but I don't think I was being unreasonable. I just think we were in a particular place where people. No, no, no. That's not. It, it's not special to New York City because, like, in Charleston, if you walk into a restaurant or whatever, you should be able to. Like, you'll get someone's attention within a minute or two, unless they're super busy. But even then, they'll recognize you. Like, look, I'm really busy. I'll get to you in a second. Like, well, it doesn't on, matter. On TikTok, I had uh, one of my uh, one of my videos go a bit viral. Uh, I think almost right now it's at like half a million views and it was you know i didn't think it was i usually put a, a tiktok out every day and usually just some kind of generic life advice but this one was to acknowledge people so when you walk into an elevator does somebody on the elevator say hello uh if you're working in an establishment and somebody walks up and stands in line you say i'll be with you in a minute but you acknowledge people that are around you one it's going to make them feel good but two it's it's you know, everybody's existing kind of in their own world. So when somebody walks up and they don't get acknowledgement, it's almost like you fail to acknowledge that their world exists. And if they're looking at you for some type of at least acknowledgement, you're, you're not helping yourself out either. All um, right, we got a little off the rails. Let's get back to religion. Let's talk about, so we've kind of talked about why religion exists to some degree and why we, the two of us and some other people have maybe moved away from it. But I guess the question that I would ask next is, is religion in the world an overall good or a bad thing right now? Um, and I want to know what the comments have to say about this too. Yeah. So if you guys are watching on TikTok or if you're watching on uh, Instagram or Facebook, just, just quick comment. And if you're watching, you're listening, let, let us know real quick. If you think religion is overall good or overall bad. Uh, and we're not saying that it doesn't, you know, if you think it's overall bad, we're not, you don't have to say that good things don't come from religion. Um, but 
Yeah, it's net score. And I'll, I'll give you guys just a minute to uh, to let us know on that one. Um, but what I was thinking about a minute ago was um, the acceptance of gay and non-straight people into a lot of religions and how very slow religions are to come around to to come around to that um which i think is wild now i think as a religion it makes sense to have members that and encourage your members to procreate because you know that helps you indoctrinate more people into that yeah you can look at the shaker religion which was in the northeast in like the 16 and 1700s and then they, they had a rule against having sex and it made it really hard for them to get new members. But that's um, and yeah, the, the religion died out and you don't have to look far as to why. Well, then, and again, you know, what, what I want to get away from is, is just some people that are so diehard in their religion that, that they become violent about it. Um, or, you know, that there are wars about religion, but I had, uh, uh, well, what about this? What about people going on missionary trips and going to some place and and trying and in, to indoctrinate other people? Well, that's I mean, if you're in New York City and you walk by certain corners where you have Jehovah's Witness or or something like that, trying to trying to bring you under the religion, you know, I think I'm not. I mean, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about being sold anything. So I don't, you know, I don't care if somebody's trying to get me to, to fill out a survey on the street. Yeah, but what about like people traveling to like third world countries? Uh, first of all, we got some comments. Lisa's like, saying that it's overall good that faith as a whole is healthy. Debbie's saying it's good in a way. Um, but you know what? Hold on, we haven't gotten your answer on this one. Do you think uh, overall religion is good or bad? Okay, hold on. Let me just hit the TikTok comments real quick. Um, let's see. Uh, what I've learned once I was an adult was that religions have made were made to control humanity. Overall good with life lessons taught and character building. Here comes this train again. Overall good because it gives you hope. Uh, someone said they're not a fan of it. Uh, man, this I've not seen a train any any time that I've been here, so I don't I don't know what's going on. And then uh, it's too often used to control or judge others, and it depends on each person. Some need to believe in something. And that is why religion is fine. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that religion is overall bad. And don't get me wrong, I think there's some really good tenets of religion. I think there's some very good moral and life lessons. And I do think that aspects of religion are really, really, really important for society. And they shouldn't go away. But I think the way that we see religion now is the fucked up part. The fact that we can't all agree that there's some higher power and we don't know what it is. And we have lessons that we like. Um, and we're going to teach those lessons. Instead, it's trying to indoctrinate people into your religion, trying to eliminate other religions. And I think the majority of the wars that have happened were religious based. Um, and a lot over of the course of history, for sure, over the course of history, and a lot of the division sown, a lot of the division that exists and it's continue, continuing to be sown throughout the world is religious based. And that's why I think overall 
you know, I imagine that every year more people die from religious-based violence than religion saves. I don't Probably. know how you... Oh, and I want to hit this comment because this is great. I once had Mormons knocking at my door. They said uh, they would wash my dishes if I let them in to talk about Jesus. I said no. When my ex-wife came by, I told her um, the Mormons volunteered to wash my dishes, and I didn't accept. She said I was a moron for turning them down. And I look at that in like the same way as like if you're in traffic and you've got someone that comes up and like tries to spray off your windshield or whatever. Like, yeah, they're doing it for free or whatever. But there's this tacit agreement that you're gonna have to do something for them back and like. I'd be the same way. Like, you know what? I'll do my own damn dishes. I don't really want to hear about Jesus for the next 20 minutes. Well, look, let me, so a lot of people are saying religion's fine. It should be a good thing. What if you're, what if you're fan and, and think about where you are, where you are locationally, geographically, where you are located. Do you think somebody on the other side of the world might agree with you? Somebody who's currently uh, in a town that's being attacked, um, for religious reasons, or how about who do you know that's Jewish, um, where you know still believes in their religion, but were religiously prosecuted, um, or isn't there some stuff going on in like China? I mean, stuff going on all over the world. Well, so right now, well, the the, the Chinese persecution of the Uyghurs, I, so the Uyghurs are in the western part of China, and they're Muslim, and they're kind of their own culture that's separate from Chinese, and so. I don't think that what China is doing to the Uyghurs is really a religious issue because China is a religious. It's a secular state and like an aggressively secular state. Yeah. And so they're trying to eliminate the Uyghurs because they're religious and they, they want them to be fully indoctrinated into like the CCP mindset. Um, but if you look at religion itself, there is what's causing the issue. No, actually, no. China religion, it's not really the religion that's causing it. It's that they have their own separate culture, which happens to be religious. But it's that they be that they are not really Chinese in the traditional sense. Um, whereas if you look at places like India, where you've got the Hindu Muslim conflict, where the Hindus are in control of government and they're making it really difficult for Muslims to do a lot of things. Same thing with Sikhs in India. Or if you look at Burma right now with the, the um, Buddhist persecution of the Rohingya um, Muslim population there, or in Africa, well, there's a conflict in Kenya. No, I'm sorry, Ethiopia, between Ethiopia and Eritrea. I don't know if that has anything to do with religion, but... I think for me, I would have to I, to answer the question that I asked. I think that um, on. I want to answer this comment first, actually. Okay. Blondes have more fun says what drives me crazy is what makes a Christian a Christian. There's so many different beliefs like. And so I think she makes a good point of how you can look at even just within Christianity, you can go from like Pentecostals to like unitarians and they're all reading the same book and drawing wildly different conclusions and wildly different behavioral like systems out of it but and think about think these these are the religions that exist now that we're talking about and this a lot of these this christianity stems from jewish people who believed that jesus christ was the son of god 
And then even they can't agree on certain things. So they're starting to splinter off. But there have been many religions over many, many, many hundreds of years, several thousands of years that have started, existed, and died and are no longer sacred. Um, but they're more like mythology. And if you told somebody during whatever times that believed in Greek mythology or, you know, the Egyptians that in 400 years, their religion wasn't going to exist anymore. They wouldn't believe it. No, they probably would have killed you. Actually, they probably would have killed you. So the fact that we're having these conversations and this is all I'm asking people to do when it comes to religion is just zoom out a little bit. So when I'm asking is, you know, and James asks, is religion, does it have a greater good or is it, you know, is it overall good or is it overall bad? I'm just saying, the simple answer is it's overall good, but then zoom out and look at all the badness that's happening because of different religions. And, and that's where to me, I'm just like, well, how do we solve this problem? Like what's the fucking solution to that? Well, and that's kind of close to my answer as well is that I think overall the influence of religion in some is bad because it leads to people abandoning critical thinking in favor of religion and it causes divisive divisiveness and and separate like it, yeah it causes divisiveness war and killing other people because they don't believe what you do where i look at the positives of religion as not necessarily tied to religion you don't need to have religion to be a good person you can just take good actions and not need religion to justify them. I think there's also some crazy negatives that are built into certain religions. Um, let me just hit the TikTok comments real quick. It should be about grace and not legalism. Uh, it depends on each person. We have religion in the U.S. trying to control women's bodies. It's not mm -hmm. in other countries. Uh, again, it's about grace and not legalism. But, uh, you know, you have, you have religions that paint... Uh, Again, like I'm going to come back to the gays, you know, like that's you have these religions that paint them as if they are the worst thing in the world. And now some of the, and that was a decade or two ago, even. And now some of those religions are coming back around and saying, you know what, I think we'll let these people into our religion because we need more people. I think. Well, even the Pope said something in, in relation to to gay people. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, who am I to judge? Yeah, which is a weird statement for the Pope to make. Well, this particular Pope has been a lot more progressive on a lot of issues. Yeah, but but the Catholic Church uh, banned condoms for a long time. I'm still banned, I'm pretty sure. Which is, you know, that's... It's a great policy for making more Catholics, though. It's a great policy. And same thing with being against abortion. Well, so to the Catholic Church's um, credit here... Their, their stance on abortion is at least internally consistent because at least the Catholic Church is also against the death penalty and they're against killing in general. So if like if they're going to say that abortion is more murder or whatever, but they're also against all other forms of, of um, killing, then at least they're being consistent. What I hate is when I see like justifying one type of behavior, but not another and well, they're really the same thing, but you're, you're, you're accepting one, but not the other. So at least like 
Catholics well, are being consistent. There. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what are your thoughts on Noah's Ark, creationism, and evolution? Um, Noah's Ark is a fun story. I mean, I know what your thoughts are. <laughs> no, Noah's Ark is a fun story. Uh, creationism is handy to explain things, but I think that when it comes to evolution or whatever, you, you just look at it and it, evolution logically makes a ton of sense. We have fossil or, evidence. Yeah, we, well, we have fossil evidence, but also you just think like something that's better at doing something is more likely to survive and be able to reproduce and pass on its genes to the next generation, which are then going to have that that trait already built in. So you're going to be selecting for whatever is best for a given situation over generations and generations. And when you think about how long life has been on the earth, um, it's not very long. Oh no, it's incredibly long. Well, what are we talking about? What type of life are we talking about? I'm talking about any type of life. I'm talking about single cell organisms are like 3.5 billion years old. That is so incredibly long that for, there to be progress from there to where we are now well okay so when you're talking about life i'm thinking you're talking about mammal like bipedal well mammals have been around for millions and millions of years mammals existed during the time of the dinosaurs what was okay but let's back it up to even but humans weren't around when they were dinosaurs unless you believe in creationism unless you believe in creationism so what i'm saying is that we have dinosaur bones and evidence and we can do do they carbon they're able to carbon date that stuff no carbon dating carbon carbon 14 has a half-life of i believe about seven thousand years so you're going to run out of half-lives way too way earlier than 65 million years which is when the dinosaurs went away okay um Um, but what i'm talking about is we have we have fossil evidence and 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 Right. And so, well, here's the problem with creationism's answer there is that if God created everything, then God could have just created the fossils and God could have created the fossils to appear to be 65 million years old. But this is really just a a version of um, what's known in philosophy as the last Thursday problem. Which is. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. um, All right. So uh, the last Thursday problem is. Imagine God created the universe last Thursday and he created you on last Thursday and created you with all your memories and everything else last Thursday. Last Wednesday didn't exist. How can you prove that last Wednesday did exist or that you were just created on last Thursday? And it's one of it's it's I can't remember the name of the like the type of question this is, but it's one that you can't fundamentally prove right or wrong, because if you're created last Thursday with all your memories as of last Thursday, then you would have no way of being able to prove that whether or not last Wednesday existed. All right. It sounds like we have a bit of a, an audio issue, oh. um, but I get what you're saying. To me, it's a bit of a flat earth type type argument. Well, no, flat earth is is easily disprovable just fly a balloon high enough sure but but the the same the same argument is look go look at a fossil right but the the thing is with the fossil you can make the argument that god created that fossil to appear 65 million years old but if you're a flat earther 
like it's pretty easy to disprove flat earth you can even you don't even need to get into a balloon like i saw a picture of um power lines on a lake in louisiana mm-hmm. where the power lines just go straight across the the horizon and you see the power lines get shorter and shorter because of the curvature of the earth well that's an argument that you and i understand but the flat a flat earther may not understand that well no, uh, we can't reach them but the the question um, is is there life on other planets uh it can be proven because there have been mummies found which lived and died years ago what it, what it, what can be proven because there have been mummies so this is from casey fowler she said uh is there life on other planets it can be proven because there have been mummies found which lived and died years ago uh casey i'm curious what are you asking can be uh can be proven um but uh, yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, it's it's the same last Thursday argument. That was just someone. Yes, yeah, in Cami cases, is, is making an, an analogy of like if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, did it make a sound? Oh, she's saying your life the last Thursday, um, but the she's saying it can be proven that it didn't exist because they're mummies that that have lived and died years ago. But the argument to that was those mummies were made last, last Thursday. Thursday. That's the argument. The argument is right. is that those mummies were also made last Thursday to appear as if, as if they lived and died years ago. Yeah, so the last Thursday problem is irrefutable. Yeah. Be- because you can just create everything on last Thursday as it existed last Thursday. And there's no way for you to prove that it, that it existed any further back because it was created to look like it existed further back. Um, and so I look at a lot of religious claims in, in the similar vein as the last Thursday problem. Um, so yeah. I, I guess like for another issue that I have with religion is like teaching young children religious beliefs before they have the capability of critical thought. I, we've talked about this before, and this is exactly, and I think the, as far as in any other podcast, episode that we've talked about this is as far as we've gone into religion and this is this is what i said but go ahead i'll let you articulate it well i just think that like religion should be a choice that people get to make of you get to analyze what it's saying and say does this make sense do i think that this is the right thing for me will this positively impact my life is this a group or a set of beliefs that i want to be a part of but if you're a parent and you're teaching your child from basically the day that they can understand language, a certain type of religion, then you're never giving them a chance to be able to critically analyze anything when it comes to religion, because yeah. children will intrinsically trust their parents. And, and that ca- that means that the kids never had a chance to be able to critically think about religion because it's all they've ever known. And I think that that's doing a disservice to the kid and to society as a whole because people should be able to make choices. And by teaching someone that young these things, you're depriving them of the choice. Well, with a major tenet of that religion, and here's the point that I've made in past episodes, is that questioning the religion itself isn't allowed, that you have to have absolute faith, and that's part of the religion. And just questioning it isn't, you know, you can't, you can't employ critical thinking and Rosh just made a good comment i think if religion is a paid membership club no one would be religious but that's not true because religion is a paid membership club and people have to pay 
into into their church. Um, well, blondes have more funds coming back and saying when they get older, they'll be able to choose just as you and I have. And I would respond and say that the way that you're raised can have a tremendous effect on your later life. And it can be very difficult for someone to make a choice as an adult that isn't affected by their upbringing. And well, I mean, if you're, if you're raised in a Catholic or Christian household, it's very unlikely, very, very, and I'm sure statistics can back this up. Rosh is actually probably not backing this statistic up, but if you're raised in a Christian household, it's very unlikely you're going to become Muslim. Right. And that's my point. It's very unlikely you're going to become Jewish. Is that if you're raised in such a way that one religion and especially like especially like one sect of a religion is all you've ever known. Technically, once you get to be an adult, do you have the choice to leave that religion? Technically, yes. But that's ignoring all the factors that weigh against being able to make that choice on your own, because you're going to have to find a way of escaping that thought on your own. And if you're only surrounded by that thought, how are you going to be able to make another choice? So here's, and I just, I want to add. It, it, add it, think about it like this. It's if you're trying to run a mile race and like the race to make that free choice is a mile long. Well, if you were indoctrinated from age two about a certain religion, then it's like you started two laps behind because you need to get back to zero to be able to make a choice before you can start analyzing. Back to zero zero is not thinking that your religion is the only way. Right. And and having an open mind back to zero. If if you think of like a zero to 100 scale of like zero being not religious at all, 50% being like, I'll choose whatever religion makes the most sense to me and a hundred being fully committed. If you have a kid that's raised from age two, they're probably at like 85 or 90 by the time they read 18. With a bias they're Yeah. They're 85 or 90 with a bias to one direction or the other. So if it's, they have to go a hundred to a different religion, that's much less likely. Right. We get um, it. So, answering cami cakes real quick. I was drinking a a whiskey sour with scotch and bourbon and maple syrup, Um, and now I'm also drinking a beer. Good for you. Um, But the first drink, much much better drink. But when you're making mixed drinks, sometimes you gotta you gotta supplement with beer. Well, it it was a double for the mixed drink. A lot of times when I go out and I get like margaritas or something, I'll I'll get like a Dos Equis or a Modelo or something like that just to slow me down a little bit in, in between the harder cocktails. And yeah, like you said, yours is a double. double so um, look, uh, we're going to have to wrap. One thing I did want to just touch on before we close is we've been talking about like Neuralink and, and having technology in your brain and being able to record memories. Uh, I, we haven't gotten into any of the transference of consciousness discussions technology is nowhere near where it needs to be yet i'm not i'm not saying it is but the whole conversation around the transference of consciousness um i want to answer blondes have more fun right, but and, hold up hold up hold up one second though is, is what i'm saying is when you take your consciousness and it leaves your body and then maybe comes back to your body 
or it separates and do well, if you have transfer of consciousness that's effectively being able to live forever that's my point but there's a is there an element that where you have to uh what's the movie with scarlett johansson and hugh jackman and christian bale uh the illusionist i think is the name of the movie and basically he's able to duplicate himself but every time he duplicates himself he's duplicating himself for the magic trick but every time he duplicates himself he has to kill the previous version so every time he signs up for the trick it's a death sentence um and i think that's where like you know if you really want to like to me that's where it gets a bit dice from like there's got to be I can't imagine consciousness going from my brain into a computer and then back into something else. Or once it leaves, you know, once you duplicate my consciousness, what happens to my consciousness in my mind when it goes into the computer? Well, it's just like copying a program. It, and that's exactly where it's just it, now it, there's two of you. Now there's two of you. So that's just too, too many. So, so you can't live forever though, because you yourself ultimately end up dying. No, it's, it, well, I'm gonna come back you, to the last Thursday problem. Which which one of you uh, gets locked in the in the dunk tank under the stage in the illusionist? Your current self. So every time you sign up for that trick, it's a death. Not necessarily. You could make the clone go in there. <laughs> but but then you don't have that those new uh, the new biology there. So then you, you so ultimately you're going to die because you you know your your uh, your hardware is aging. Yeah. Uh, uh, real real quick to answer, blondes have more fun and then we can wrap. Yeah, right. so she's saying like uh, you get to make your own decisions. She grew up growing, going to church and then as she got older, she understood things better and she made her own choices and decisions. That's great. Um, but I think that she's probably more the exception than the rule and you still have this you, you're fighting against in these these beliefs that were indoctrinated to you early and, and know, it can be really hard to be able to overcome those. I think Cheryl, what we're saying is, is that, yeah, that's a very, and that's re, somewhat common, the scenario that you're in, but I, th just like James said, you are the exception to the rule. I think there's considerably fewer people. And there's another comment on TikTok. Uh, I'll read it to you because it's really similar from Zupi saying, I grew up in a racist home, in my opinion, and I completely the opposite now, politics, ethics, uh, politics, ethics, et cetera. Um, I believe we have a sense of choice and a sense, uh, and as a human species, we are smart uh, and we'll, we can choose to be a good human or not, but that's not always, you know, I think a lot, of, a lot. Well, I think it's great that you were able to escape a racist house and be able to realize it for what it was, but that like you were already starting off in a racist environment. So you had to make progress to get to neutral before you could even be well, not that's, racist yeah, that's what james is saying that you're starting with a bias so you're not starting at zero like everybody else you're starting at negative 30 or negative so you had to do more work to escape racism than someone who wasn't raised in a racist household yeah i think you get you get a, get a really good point both of you um and i'm applauding being able to to escape toxic thinking that's great but how do you but also how do you think racism endures you know, how do you think it still exists? Oh, that's a completely separate episode. Well, but people, yeah, a lot of people aren't getting out of that construct or they're being indoctrin indoctrinated into it. Uh, I blame white people. Probably pretty responsible for racism across the globe. Um, I mean, you're probably right. 
Uh, on that note, though, James, let's wrap up. Uh, I bid you a good evening. Yeah, good episode, good interaction tonight. We really yeah. like the comments. Uh, it was good. You guys that are watching us, uh, we definitely appreciate the comments. It gives us sometimes James' conversation of mine gets a little dry. So we love having you guys. We're going to, we just got to figure out the best and most efficient way to do it is open up a call in feature so we can get some calls in the line. Um, but we got to figure that out. So we have Rosh in the background. Rosh Galeb, thank you very much. He's doing helping, great. Helping us produce this episode. And Rosh is forwarding the Instagram and Facebook comments. So if you guys are not watching on Instagram or, or Facebook for the live videos, you should be so we can stay tuned. Um, however, if you guys are watching us now, please make sure you subscribe to the audio podcast available across all audio podcast platforms and you subscribe on YouTube. Um, the more subscriptions we get on YouTube, pretty soon we'll be able to do a live on YouTube too. So that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but thank you guys for joining and uh, adios. See ya. Cheers. That concludes the episode. Let me know what you thought, how we did, what we missed on religion, and uh, I will see you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.